0: Episode of Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town and La Sauce Barbecue Sauce. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub, mtl.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all your bottles. And don't forget to rub your meat. Marco and Alex, this is Weekly Sauce episode 11 and a half, 12 and a half, whatever you want to call it. Last week we recorded it with Marco. He's graciously come back on. We have Marco D'Amico of ScrimmageStats.com. Uh, one of the best followers on Twitter if you're a Habs fan. Uh, we also got, as usual, Alex the Intern Corleone. Alex, how's it going, buddy?
1: Yo, I'm fucking pumped up. Um, so I'm ready for the Habs. Uh, well, wh- whatever happens, happens. I still think Flyers are going to win in six games, but, you
2: know, yeah, we'll see. We'll
1: see. Uh, Marco, how's it going, buddy? How's, uh, how's
0: your week been?
2: Pretty intense. intense lots of hockey lots of lots of work lots of writing Um, now that we're inching towards the second round of the playoffs the draft order starts looking a little bit more you know in shape you know at least now who the top 16 17 maybe even 18 teams are by the end of tomorrow so you can start really looking into mock drafts and prospects so a lot of busy times it's gonna it's gonna pick up it's gonna be fun but uh, I'm just enjoying the hockey we have in front of us right now. What a game between Tampa Bay and Columbus. That was crazy. Right I didn't down. watch it, I was
0: following it on the score. I was uh, at uh, uh beautiful. The shit show that just
2: is the momentum shifts were insane. Really, 2 yeah. nothing to 3 uh, to 4 uh, to nothing Tampa Bay to 4-2 Columbus uh to overtime to 5-4 Tampa Bay just Yeah, I think Tampa Bay exercised its demons today and yeah. yeah, they they look like they're going for a nice run.
0: They had to come back and dominate against the Blue Jackets. I always said at the beginning of this playoffs, I said the Columbus Blue Jackets are probably the toughest team to play against, especially in the East. Uh, I really felt that they were um, primed to upset some teams uh, like they upset last year. I thought they would make a deeper run, but they faced Tampa Bay, who was on paper the best team in the league. Uh, So there's no surprise that they ended up winning the series 4-1. Congrats to them. They go on to the next round. Uh, Let's talk about Columbus for a bit, actually, Marco. I mean – um i like this team i think they're stacked top to bottom you know they can fill in some roles here and there uh but i think their top two lines are really strong their top four defense uh, pairing are, are really strong the
2: goaltending has been really good this year
0: obviously um what's next for them next year what do you think that they should be filling their needs with
2: well i think you saw the team you're going to see next year for them because they can't spend anymore they're actually close to the cap and they might be cutting costs so they could actually be sacrificing somebody but they had their top young players in Alexandre Tessier and uh, Liam Foody already on the roster so yeah. those were their main guys you had Bemstrom as well Gavrikov all these guys that were at the top of their prospect lists are on their team so they're just going to try to grow with this with this roster uh, and I don't for unless they they pull off some miraculous trade uh, it's going to be more of the same just a nice tough team uh, that's being led by the pairing of Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski uh, and the good two-way play of Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's, what I uh, question is after that. Like, after that, that's is, it. That's the thing now. Dubois peaked at the right time for himself because his contracts up. How are they going to sign him? What are they going to sign him to? I think they only have like five, six million in cap space for next year. That's a good And question. Dubois is minimum minimum at this rate going to get like six, seven if he goes long term
0: that's a good question I'll look that up Um, but Alex I don't know if you agree but I think Columbus um, they're just that team that just you know they can they're going to make the playoffs they'll finish 6-7-8 they're just they're stacked they play tough Uh, they know how to play playoff hockey they showed it last year they showed it again this year Uh, while I look for how much cap space they have left uh, Alex what do you think uh, they need to do next year
1: Well, first of all, I was very surprised with this year's. I thought they were going to finish in the bottom five. Uh, Like after losing Panarin and Bobrovsky, I'm like, those are the two of the top players. So I'm like, how did the fuck are they going to replace that? And and Corpusalo, incredible goalie. I didn't know he would be that good. Um, Other players like like Dubois stepped up. A whole bunch of others also stepped up. And um, so, I I can see that the Columbus Blue Jackets coming back to the playoffs next year. Um, as as and as far as Dubois goes, I think he might get not even six. He might get seven or eight even. And they have five point two. <laughs> they have five
0: point yeah. two this year. Um, they no have... no next season. Oh, they only have five. I'm
2: looking at. Yeah, cap friendly. You have to go the. They're, they're still counting this year. You have to go to the next year. So five point two million. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, and it's yeah. a. And and it's
1: a flat cap. It's a flat cap. It's a so... flat
2: cap, and it's not just they have Josh Anderson, who had a pretty solid playoffs to sign. Gavrikov needs a new contract, and uh, RFA. that's gonna exactly. So I have a funny feeling that one of Matt Murray uh, or David Savard is gonna have to get traded to allow for the signing I've... of these guys, if not two of them. Uh...
1: I think Anderson's going to be let go. I think I, they
2: cannot not... They have to qualify him, but he they will trade him, I think. And yeah. uh, Merzlikens
0: um, just signed. I mean, he extended. And I think next Corpus year he'll Salo be looking too. for... An, yeah, he'll, Merzlikens will probably be looking for an extension next year. Corpusalo the same thing. Corpusalo most likely he'll be sent away. Merzlikens looks like he's the future of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We'll see what happens with them. But I do like the fact that they're a kind of a smaller market, um, good team, uh, well-coached. I think I, uh, I've talked about tortsey for a long time. tortsey for me is probably one, the one coach if I had the choice to play with in the NHL would be tortsey uh, I'd, run, I'd run my face through a brick wall for that fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like that's just how it is. I hilarious. feel you. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the Habs, the real team, the only team that matters in the NHL. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Says the guy with the Expos. Exposed poster. Yeah, uh, Marco has the Habs poster, and Alex, uh, your Habs poster is on the way. Um, I just, I just revealed the surprise I was sending you for helping us out with hot sauce. Um, there you go.
1: Oh, you fucker! I got you, you, you a, in right now. I got, I
0: got you a got massive, massive banner. You're, you're probably getting get a couple days. Um nice. I don't want to surprise you. what it is, but it's pretty nice. Um, All right, thanks. No problem, buddy. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good work. Well, 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 well rewarded. So, um, to me. I mean, just like any Montreal media member, any Habs fan, um, I think that we were very excited with the five nothing win uh, to tie the series up against the Flyers. Uh, not so excited with the two one loss, two uh, nothing loss to the the Flyers. Uh, the game after, um, but the lack of scoring on this team is what scared us the most getting into the playoffs and i think we're seeing that now they carry price no matter how good he can be uh the only way you can win games is by scoring and in the nhl you gotta fucking score and the flyers are a tough team so you're gonna have to play down low what i noticed is that uh as 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 many times as suzuki uh Kotkaniemi, gallagher tried to get into the slot in front of the net was impossible uh all the shots were coming from the outside um weber and Sh- and shirat and petrie can only do so much uh no power plays very little power plays uh, so they really didn't get to play their style of offense, uh, and I think that's what's been hindering them. Um, Marco, what, what, what can they do? Because right now, I just don't know what else they can do. I feel like they showed their cards in that five nothing win, and now they're done.
2: Montreal is a team that plays on free flowing, transition, and five on five scoring. You interrupt that, you interrupt their flow, they can't impose their tempo, and th- that's it. It's over. And that's because the Montreal Canadiens are one of the h- most hardworking teams in the NHL, but one of the least talented. And it's unfortunate to say, but this was the eighth worst team in the league l- this year. They surprised them. Pittsburgh. It's the premise of a surprise. It was a surprise. <laughs> but when awesome. you have a team that wants to win, that's dialed in like the Flyers are, they're going to play well. And you have a very exp- You have three head coaches on the bench that are out coaching. I think Kirk Muller has less experience than any of these three. Yeah, exactly. So you look at all of them right now, they're, they're all firing on all cylinders. Flyers are essentially playing the trap since that five, nothing win. Uh, because to be completely honest with you, the flyers top six is absolutely horrendous. So far in these playoffs, they have five goals in four games.
0: it's a record
2: it's an nhl record to lead the series having scored so few and isn't that so carry price that he could have a 0.965 save percentage and still be down 3-1 so again it goes back to the same old broken story that the canadians lack skill the defense has been good the Mm -hmm. goalie has been good Mm -hmm. but the forwards aren't there and 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 again To those that believe that Bergevin was going to take this core into next year, add a few players, and they were going to compete for a cup, I think that if anybody believed that, including the general manager, that dream is gone. I think you've now realized that the wingers that they have on this team, to the exception of Brendan Gallagher, who has an ankle injury, it's very, very apparent. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're going to be sticking around anymore. I think the best part of these playoffs is the fact that Kakademi and Suzuki... <clears throat> sorry, have been, have cemented themselves as top six centers and are henceforth going to be getting 16 to 19 minutes a night. That's all I care about. And that to me was worth the entire last three weeks. I saw, um, I saw a tweet that said, uh, it's crazy
0: to me that Gallagher is getting 13 and a half minutes and Domi's getting 15 and a half minutes. Like, I don't think Gallagher was playing much in the PP where Domi was. Domi was in the front, uh, uh, on the second wave. The second wave. Uh, Domi was also on the front, on the first line, uh, the last game. Domi's been playing well. Um, Gallagher has been nursing an injury. Um, those eyes—I don't know if you disagree with me or agree with me. I,
2: I thought Domi was one of the worst forwards. Last game, yeah, I mean yeah, for sure. I, but I the think game he before, had a good yeah. game. Uh, he had the good five nothing game, yes, because Domi moved his feet. No stress. No. Don't. Well, it's not no stress. Even from the beginning of the game, when Max Domi is allowed to enter the zone and stops trying to make low percentage plays, putting pucks where there's three flyers and one Canadian. It's because he's not thinking. He's just trying to do something. to do. He's forcing plays. He's trying to do something just to say he did something. Yeah, he's forcing a play. That is Max Domi 101. He forces plays. When it happens, he gains confidence and he does it more often. He scores more often. That explains last year. Mm -hmm. But he's got to stop doing the low percentage plays. Max Domi is at his strongest when he comes into the zone with speed and cuts through the middle. The only person I saw do that last game was Kakaniemi, and Victor Mete now if Kakanyemi and Victor Mete two guys that many people felt shouldn't even have been on the team to start this playoffs are doing it and guys like Thomas Tatar can't even cut to the net right now uh maybe maybe you need a bigger body on the wing so and I'm never I'm not a more size guy yeah
1: and this where Josh Anderson comes in play Josh Anderson wouldn't
2: make a difference on a top six Exactly, he'd be be on your top nine. Yeah, he would be a Joel Armia that wouldn't hog the puck to the point of turning into a black hole. That's it, exactly. (laughs) Good player, Josh Anderson. I'm sure he would contribute well in the playoffs. It's just if Josh Anderson is on your top six, your top six is weak. Exactly, my opinion. If if Domi's in your top six, your top six is weak. No, not necessarily. It just I feel like the Canadians have a plethora of complimentary players and no actual line drivers other than their young players. And that's the problem is you're asking in a 20 year old Kakanyemi who six months ago would have been pushed into the next dimension by the Philadelphia Flyers with a simple nudge and is now holding checks and, and literally beating six foot three, 220 pound centers to pucks. I love it. Like Couturier and Hayes. And you have Nick Suzuki, who himself is banged up. I think it's pretty obvious. The guy mm. got, the guy's taken a beating. In the last He's a small eight or nine guy. Man. He's playing against men. He's not so... a small guy. He's just he's five eleven. He's, he's 5'11, know... 208 pounds. Like small. That's a pretty thick. Boy. Suzuki's
0: not two hundred eight pounds. Yes, he is. He does not pass my eye test. I'm sorry. I, I mean, uh, the, I don't know the, if you
2: can. P.J. Stock was considered six feet. The guy's shorter than I was. Oh no, no, he's five eleven. I didn't, I didn't doubt his size. I'm saying he's thick. He's thick. Suzuki. I, I, Suzuki came into camp in September at two hundred and two pounds. Okay,
0: he came into camp at two hundred pounds. Yes, yeah, I do not think right now he's over su- 200. I c- he continued
2: to work this summer at two hundred eight. Fuck out of here! He's that small. He's that. Go big. look at how big Ryan Suzuki got as well. Working out with with Nick, they had a gym in their house and they worked out every day for five months.
0: Oh no, they're they're jacked. I'm not saying that they're not no, but big they boys. They, got,
2: they got bigger. But I would have said time. he's
0: probably like one eighty, which for a five eleven guy is pretty big. But he he was plays... drafted at one eighty. Yeah, okay, there you go. But I would I looking at him, if I look at him passes the ice, like for me like I am my entire life I look at a guy I can probably name like how big he how heavy he is, you know what I mean? i have just been good at that. Possibly. When I look at him on the ice, he doesn't play as big as he should be, I Here, guess. Here's a fun what one.
2: What would you give KK in terms of uh, weight right now?
0: So, KK the thing is is that he's thin but he's filling up. He's also like 6'61, yeah, 6'2. Six, yeah. six, six two. Six two. So, I'd say he's, he's probably 195. He's two oh six. So, yeah, that's
1: what I was gonna say. He's I was gonna six. say two ten. So yeah, he's two oh
0: six he's listed, but when you're yeah. playing every day, you know, you're well not
2: that's not it. As, not During as, a like, full season, you lose weight, absolutely. Lot, but yeah. but this isn't a full season. This is three weeks in. I guess that's so, the thing.
0: So anyway, so either way, he's playing. They're they're both playing tough. I think KK uh, throwing the body is something I like. He's the guy. Oh, yeah, I love, I love the way he hits man. He, he hits with momentum. You know what I mean? He doesn't hit like just a shove. Like I saw Duong hit a guy for no fucking reason. And I'm like mm-hmm. watching, like, okay, I appreciate the effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not your that game. Was, so that just was one hit. Yeah.
2: The rest of Droid's <laughs> hits are like the hits we used to do in like NHL 96. <laughs> you awful. just like nudge the guy and that's come it. back. Yeah, just like, push <clears> him <throat> across. I just, look, <laughs> when it comes, and, and, and again, I, I want to bring a more like scientific approach to the way I'm going to analyze this. I know I like to, to harp on Droid, but unfortunately, Droid, again, similarly to Domi, similarly to Tatar, they have to play with guys that are going to make space for them too many of the same players in this pro yes. situation. And it's unfortunate. And you also have a Cole caulfield coming up that's exactly the same thing. He needs guys to make space for him. I'll bet he has the talent and the hockey IQ to open himself up lanes for shots. So, he doesn't need to worry about it because he's he knows where to place himself and he's not afraid to go to the high danger areas like Gallagher, but you need more wingers of that ilk. So, if you're going to look at your roster right now, you have a very cost controlled contract and jonathan drew at 5.5 million mm-hmm. thomas tatar is an unrestricted free agent not this summer that we're this off season the next, next off season but he's yeah. only making 4.8 million dollars right now and the canadians can retain and then you have max domi who's probably not going to sign for a fortune on his restricted free agent contract that other teams would want as a top six center so there are a, just a lot of opportunities for the canadians to build on what their young kids have done and further insulate them with size and skill. Yeah. They need both. So what do you propose as trade as far as trade goes? I honestly everyone asks me that, and I'll I always state I can give you a better answer after the playoffs. Because hockey is a very conservative sport, but after the playoffs, GMs have such knee-jerk reactions to trade players. Uh, and right now you're gonna see it especially with a flat cap a lot of teams are going to try to shed salary and not just small teams i'm talking the penguins are going to do it i'm thinking philly is going to try to do it Um, you name it i think the only teams that are going to be impervious to something like this are going to be the untouchable teams the rangers the canadians the 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 maple leafs the bruins these are guys are going to spend to the cap regardless because if they could they'd spend double the cap
1: And uh, also speaking about the uh, the trades, uh, I've seen your your tweet, which I really loved. Uh, Remember the tweet about Max Domi for uh, Sammy Poulin and the 15th overall? Oh, yeah. I like Poulin. I like the fact that we're probably going to get the 15th as well if we give our highest second-round pick. So... How effective do you think Sami Poulin is going to be?
2: well, I mean the Canadians haven't acquired him yet, so I'm not going to t- talk about his effectiveness, but well, I'll I talk know, but... To you about him as a prospect and as a yeah, prospect, projection. Yeah, as projection. As a yeah. prospect, um he he's a do-it-all kind of physical winger. Uh he's not he doesn't project to have top-line potential, but he does project to have good second-line potential but he's a guy that's able to use his body, make some space, very intelligent with the puck, comes out of his puck battles generally with the puck as well. Uh, he was the best player for his team in junior, uh, the Phoenix, um, sorry, the uh, Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke. And they were the best team in the queue this year. He led them. I remember there was one night he had like a nine-point game. I was losing my mind. Nine points? And, yeah, this kid is just he's smart. Very good. He gets the game. The only issue that people have with him is his skating. So the thing about Sam Poulay,
0: uh son of uh first round pick by the Hartford Whalers, uh, Pat Poulet, Um he grew Robert. up <laughs> he grew up with playing with Lafrenia their entire life. They played together. Yep. Yeah, and uh, they used to come to my hockey tournament every year as kids up until even
2: uh, even his
0: uh fellow drafty uh, Nathan Legari and Xavier Parent
2: aussi. Exactly.
0: So these, these three guys, Xavier Parent, Lafreniere, and Poulain were inseparable. And Lafreniere always, like you can tell, you isolate Sam Poulin, you look at him and you're like, this guy's fucking good. Then you talk, then you take him, put him with Lafreniere, and you realize how good Lafreniere is. But Sam Poulet doesn't, it's not necessarily to take anything away from him. This guy is a good prospect, smart player, knows how to, He he's, he actually has a very high IQ, like you said. Skating might not be his strong suit, but he is a physical guy. He is, he does know how to get to the puck on net. Mm-hmm. He's he's a very good player, and he can be a very effective player for a long time. And he's a very good prospect for that specific reason that he's more of a a, a long term investment than anything else. So he's not so, necessarily going to come and produce like any of those top guys are, but he would be a good trade for Domi.
1: So would he be a comparable
2: to Anthony Manta? No, uh, uh, Anthony Manta is much bigger. I mean two inches but um, I feel like Anthony Manta yeah I feel like Anthony Manta was more of a pure goal scorer at the same age as well though right the like, thing about Manta is no, that yeah same he was thing a West Island kid. In his draft.
0: yeah exactly West Island kid he just head down boom puck's gonna get in the net bang 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 all the time well, and it's, he has the tools yeah right? exactly like, I feel
2: like Manta's one timer is one of the deadliest shots that the the Q has seen in a long time he's one of the most prolific goal scorers uh, in his draft year so I, I really can't touch him. Like I know there were guys that were comparing Raphael Lavoie last year to a guy like Anthony Manta and I couldn't stop crying of laughter. oh so it's just it's two different kinds of players. Yes, they have the same build, but I feel like Poulain is a more of a playmaking big man than he is a goal scorer like Manta. So Well, this is
0: this is what scouts and people like to do in quebec and i've experienced it firsthand um working in minor hockey and things is that they like to take an english player from montreal okay that's had success and they're like okay let's find the next best french player that's to compare him to and say oh Raphael avois is going to be exactly like manta but he's far from the the level of manta is manta is is a very good player very underrated he's just lost on a really bad team that's pretty much well, what He had it a career year this year. He did, like, but he was, you, he you don't really great. notice what he's doing because he's he's on such a fucking bad team.
2: It's like yeah. he's hitting 50 home runs for the last place team in the MLB. You're not going to... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, <laughs> if I'm the Detroit Red Wings, with him having his last year of restricted free agency this year, uh, I'd be looking to see what I can get for Anthony Mantha because I feel like by the time Detroit Red Wings are going to be ready to compete, I don't know that Mantha... I think is going to be uh, early 30s at this point. So it's... Um, I think that Poulain would be a good target. Um, obviously, it's a trade proposal that I came up with. Like, you can just <laughs> comment to the sports it's in the game. It's a good one. Um, I think another thing that you could consider the Canadians looking for to maybe sweeten the pot with Pittsburgh would be a guy like Nick Bukestad, who likely doesn't play, stays on LTIR. Um, and if the Canadians reach the, the cap, he'll be giving them, you know, an extra, you know, loose under the cap with the uh, the 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 relief mm-hmm. uh, rule that they have. But to me, uh, Pittsburgh needs to shed salary and a $4.1 million contract off the books with Max Domi going in, uh, they may be a little bit more generous, you know? So this is the kind of creativity the Canadians would be looking for because they do have $18 million in cap space going into this summer. And you know, based on what we've seen today, that they might also be moving on from certain players that are set to be unrestricted free agents in 2021. Uh, there's a plethora of them. There's Armia, there's Tatar, there's Petrie, um, whom I believe they'll resign, uh, Gallagher, Dano, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like the Canadians are at a crossroads right now where they can choose where they want to go with this. They can either bank on all these guys and lose the potential value that they can bring in trades or Montreal can go on a full on unrestricted free agency fire sale for rentals, knowing that they can retain up to three contracts and really go out and get some value, some youth that they can build around that will be around the same age as a Cockney and e and a Suzuki as they continue to grow together. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and you know, I, i I've seen, I don't know if you're going to like, think about this, but if you're the Canadians right now, would you draft a defenseman in this draft or a Ford seeing what you see? Forward.
0: forward you have to be it's so forward heavy you can't miss out on a uh, well on all, exactly also forward heavy and I'd i like guess to... you can get a forward later on but there's the t- one to 15 that we spoke about it last week we can talk about it a mm-hmm. bit again but that range between one to 10 is that there's such so many good prospects at forward in that first round that you
2: can't miss out on one of those prospects yeah i think there's going to be two defensemen picked in the top 10 i think there might be two or three again picked in between 10 and 15 uh sorry 10 and 20 but um again as i tell everybody i know everybody keeps harping about this left defenseman um it's over they spent three <laughs> picks on the on left defenseman last year between two uh, rounds 2 and 3 uh they have romanov already romanov, that's coming yeah. in i think it's over guys i think norlinder even, M- matthias norlinder one of the guys they picked last year um uh, nobody Harris- nobody talks about exactly nobody talks about how if jaden strubel who was born september 6th Everybody, September sixth. If he would have been born a week later, September thirteenth, he would be a fifteen he would be a top fifteen prospect in this draft. That's a good point. God Think damn. about that. There is not one left defenseman in this draft, in my opinion, that has higher upside than Jaden Struble outside of Jake Sanderson. In terms of left shot defensemen. So guys that have Caden Gould going to the Montreal Canadiens, one He's Florida bound. That, that guy has Florida Panthers written all over him because <laughs> Michael Matheson just keeps shitting the bed down there, and they they <laughs> desperately need left defensemen. Speaking about shitty West Islanders, and then you have <laughs> is and it then Michael you Matheson? Ha- yeah, it is Mike Matheson. I thought it was Mark. No, that's his dad. Um, no, I'm serious. <laughs> no, no, I,
0: I believe you. It's just funny that you said it that way. Yeah. So then
2: you have, you know, you, you have all these defensemen, and there's going to be a rush for defensemen, similarly as to what we saw last year, right? Last year, nobody would have seen Cole Caulfield, Krebs, and Newhook sliding in the draft. But it was because defensemen were so sparse that there was a rush for defensemen. So you saw Broberg at 8. You saw Arizona trade up to get Soderstrom at 11. Cam York went 14th. You had some luck where there was a goalie that went 13th overall. We're probably going to see the same thing this year with Askarov going anywhere between 10 and 14. Uh, so there's a very good chance that a guy like Seth Jarvis or Amarov or Dawson Mercer winds up to the Canadians pick. And I just feel like these, this is bonafide top six potential. And you can't you can't bank on maybe top four potential with guys that would be in a second round in a regular draft. Like next year is going to be so D heavy that it would almost be insulting to pick a D right now if you're the Montreal Canadiens. That's what she said.
1: Well, in the second round, I can see us grabbing uh, William
2: Villeneuve. With St. Louis' as second, no problem. St. Louis' is second, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, if St. Louis loses one of the first two rounds, bear in mind, that pick goes up, right? Right now, it's sitting at, like, 60, I think, or something like that. It would be, They're, like, the third or fourth best team right now. Yeah. If they were to lose in the first round, it would go up to, like, 58, 57. Yeah. So, and 58, How 57, good is Vancouver playing? Very good, but how good is uh, – I feel like St. Louis woke up. Well, with Jake Allen and Nets, maybe changed it up a bit. Hey, know? not another shitty West Islander. <laughs> no, no, Jake Allen's not from the West Islander. <laughs> I'm messing. Okay, but he's <laughs> another Montreal boy. No, I'm he's from
1: uh, New Brunswick. Uh, no, really? Nova
2: Scotia. Yeah, yeah, Nova, Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. Oh, yeah, I but he played for well. the juniors. That's what I'm referencing. Yeah, he it's played for funny. the Montreal juniors at one point. It's yeah. just funny. Um, I like, like I said, I like the kid. I'm cheering for him. I think J- uh, Binnington is going to be the next Jim Carey. So for the me, net detective. Yeah, big time. So the thing about Bennington is that last year, I'm like,
0: listen, he played great, deserved this contract. I mean, he earned it for services rendered. But I wasn't, like, sold on the guy to the point where there's a reason why he, he was a suitcase in the ECHL and the AHL. There's a reason why uh, it didn't pan out. He was a hot goalie, and we get hot goalies all the time. I mean, there's so many times where goalies make runs, and then nothing ever happens with them after that. So they get their money, and they kind of leave. Um not to say not to say that I was gonna that I didn't believe in him as a future goalie. I just felt like okay, we haven't seen much of him yet. We saw him where he didn't have a chance to lose his job, where he's playing with house money. Uh we saw him with uh a team that was uh playing lights out from first four months, you know what I mean? Playing lights out in front of him. So he really didn't have to do much. He shut the door a few games um, and even in the playoffs, I mean, he had great games. He had a few bad ones, like all goalies do. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to take anything away from his run. But what I'm trying to say is that he's—I wasn't sold on him yet. And I think that if he was this huge prospect, I think he probably would have gotten paid more than four What did he get? Four point five? Four?
2: Who? Uh, Bennington. Out. Al- Bennington. Yeah, but he got a bridge deal. I mean, you're never – you're never gonna to try to pay a guy on one year when he's got nothing to. to That's leave. what I'm saying. He, he,
0: if, if he was such a prospect, he might have gotten a little bit more. But the fact you know that he when knew that he was playing with house yeah.
1: money at that point. The way I see uh, Jordan Bennington is the same way I see Matt Murray. He came in. <laughs> he Murray came in late. He he came in late. Uh, went on a super, superb run. That
2: was that but was the second cup, cup. Yeah, that was the second uh, cup. Uh, First Everyone cup he came. Cup. First cup he played the whole season, took over from Flurry, won them the cup. Like he, that was the full year. Yeah. Where I feel like Murray is different to Binnington is Pittsburgh's defense is utter crap. It's awful. It's like awful. on <laughs> paper, it's, LeTang, uh, unless they play Latang and Marino sixty minutes a game, it's and really LeTang like Jack, Jack Johnson lost them the playoffs. Let's be honest here. He Matt Murray he played well. Like he didn't belong in the NHL. Matt Murray That's played just. well, in my opinion. Matt Murray yeah. played yeah. well enough. Knowing, man. Exactly. So you put him on a team that is just missing a goalie, uh, like Calgary, for example, I think he's going to put up good numbers. That's a good point. Uh, on that note, we'll end it with uh,
0: predictions. The Habs are down 3-1. They're playing game five tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh,
2: Marco, who you got? Um, I'd like the Habs to just show some sign of life and win a game if, Fuck, just score a goal. Um but I'm gonna have to go Flyers closing this one out. Today seems to be the day of eliminations. Mm. So uh, I'm gonna go Flyers. Uh but I'm gonna say they're gonna score a goal. So two one. Oh, that's a good one. Alex, what do you got?
1: Marco, I'm gonna go against what you said. I'm I'd gonna love say... to be wrong. <laughs> I feel like the Habs are gonna be firing all cylinders. Well, actually there's there's two paths. Either gonna there's maybe, gonna be
2: maybe two cylinders. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like in mopeds. <laughs> so 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 like
1: so. <laughs> so i either feel like the habs are just going to be feeling beaten and like not have the confidence to play anymore and then lose or they're going to come out fighting all cylinders because they haven't scored the past two games yeah. and they could win i can see and that. they'll and they'll probably lose game number six and I'm telling, i'll tell you this yeah
2: you'll know right away right away how the habs are playing i tell you this if brendan gallagher comes out and is an absolute beast on his first shift because I guarantee you he's starting the game. First, Well, line, after his comments, right for sure. Yeah, first line, this guy is ready. If Brendan Gallagher comes in right away and you just see this guy roaring towards the net yeah. and, and and crashing, they're, they're dialed in. I agree. you'll know right away. Um, I think Habs take it tonight.
0: Um, you're saying 2-1 loss. I mean, I think that the Habs will take it tonight, losing maybe game six. I think it'll be probably like a 4-3 win tonight. It's very tough, uh tough game, maybe 4-2, empty netter kind of thing. You know, one goal I difference. I think 3-2 Habs. Game three two halves there yeah. you go perfect um i hope so marco i think all three of us want that to happen and continue the series and see if they can get three wins in a row and eliminate the flyers and and see what they get next round uh marco thanks for coming man i really appreciate it uh one oh, didn't work man. out because i'm a tech idiot uh finally we
2: figure this one out so we're good no it's a pleasure to be here thanks for having me guys alex enjoy your gift um <laughs> and uh yeah i'm Excited for more hockey, and uh, we'll continue to talk as we get closer to the draft because things are going to come in hot and heavy, eh? It's going to be hockey, 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 hockey until next year. There's going to be maybe three weeks off, so we're going to be talking all kinds. Thanks for having me again. This episode is
0: brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub MTL, home of the best rubs in town. Uh, Hot sauce ten for ten percent off, and don't forget to rub your meat. Alex Mark will thank you. Peace.